Hello, Stu. It's show and tell day. It is show and tell day. I love show and tell what day, especially bring? on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't bring anything. You didn't? No, I didn't. Uh, I, I was not in the market for buying a rare historical documents and items this okay. past week. All right, all right. But you were. Yeah, um, so um, I brought in some things that uh, we have just been so blessed to be able to require uh, to acquire to preserve them uh, and add them to our Mercury Museum collection. Um, some really fascinating, one-of-a-kind stuff uh, that we share on today's podcast. If you listen to the extended version, it's uh, it's all of our three. Um, and we, we also have Bill O'Reilly on. Uh, we talked, believe it or not, a little bit about the Johnny Depp trial with Ezra Nomani because there is an actual important angle to that crap show literally crap show uh and the new dolls from mattel Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i've made some suggestions of some new dolls that maybe they would be interested in in making or maybe not i don't know i don't work at mattel thank god um but uh we have that for you and the baby formula controversy with the washington post the Glenn Beck program. Um, welcome. Uh, welcome to Friday. Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed is joining. When he walked into the studio, he uh, his eyes immediately uh, <laughs> ran to my beautiful, beautiful uh, shirt today. Yeah, it, they did. Yeah, they did. And, uh, and began judging you instantly. Uh, he was in mm-hmm. still in literally <laughs> in the door frame. Didn't stop, but I know Pat so well. And I said, you're judging me for my shirt, aren't you? And you said, oh, is it that obvious? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. Pat. It's, it is. It is. Yes. Um, but uh, my shirt distracted him from a couple of the other things that happened to be in the studio today. Um, the only thing we're going to show you right now, it's going to be show and tell in uh, the third hour today. Um, uh, but uh, right now, I guess you can tweet at us what's in the box. <laughs> uh what's in the box is probably it, it is game changing it changed it changed everything in the world would you would you agree with that without would that you? thing the world would be a very different place correct very and different i would say in a much much more negative oh uh, is it the dean came in uh little scooter thing no it's not <laughs> is, is it no, that is no. that what it is no it, you just have to unfold it when you yeah, take it out of the yeah, box no no, uh-uh, oh, no. okay because that changed the civilization remember oh, that do you remember when yeah that that is uh, what what is that thing called uh the scooter. Uh, segway segway mm-hmm. yeah yeah that when that came out if you don't remember because we were everybody oh, i was, was going to change civilization as we knew it. oh yeah the, like bill gates was in dean cayman's office and he <laughs> saw it and he came out said that changes everything, everything. Uh-huh. It will change cities the way they're built. It'll change everything. <laughs> it, and the only thing came, it changed was the way mall cops get around the mall. Mm-hmm. That, that's about yeah. it. it. And not really even <laughs> that, I don't think. Not even that. I mean, it changed that one movie called Mall Cop. Uh, there was a sequel. Uh, there was a <laughs> oh, sequel. Two. I think okay, there was so two movies two. were yeah, completely changed. Two movies, and that's it. That's <laughs> it, it is. I will say it's good for uh, tourists. 
who normally would take a walking tour. Yeah, yeah that's right. They could take tour. a Segway yeah. tour. Yeah, that's yeah. much better. Uh, um, there is, there's something behind <laughs> me that we're going to show you in hour number three that Pat can see. That is really beautiful. Uh, that is amazing. Uh, uh, amazing. Amazing. And it was, uh, I rescued it. I like to think I rescued this. Um, everything mm. that, um, you know, I, I, um, I started collecting American heroes. I mean, uh, sorry, American items, uh, because I think we're really actually dealing with people who will destroy history. They are. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're going to start seeing stuff. You know, there's a, I can't tell you what the item is cause we're still trying to get it. Um, but, uh, there is an item that is one of a kind and really the only thing that testifies to this happened, the only thing remaining. And, uh, it, uh, went up for auction and it was pulled at the last minute because the owner found out that two of the bidders were trying to destroy it. They only wanted to own it to destroy it. Mm. And that kind of stuff is starting to happen. And Jeez. it is terrifying. Seems like an expensive parlor game. Uh, yeah, well, this is the only piece. That was the thing that's sitting behind me now. That was one of my concerns. Truly one of my concerns uh, is uh, when you find out where it came from uh, and why it went up for auction. I mean, would you be surprised if that was destroyed at some point? No, we have seen similar types <laughs> yes. of things happen. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. So show and tell today. And uh, Pat Gray, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm great. Perfect. I'd perfect. Say perfect. Yeah. And you've mm-hmm. been uh, you've been well, you are the I mean, not only the cookie king. Uh, mm-hmm. With Kexi cookies, but you are also uh, sitting on just a mountain of uh, baby formula. Oh, <laughs> yeah! You've been hoarding that mm-hmm. stuff, hoarding it forever. Yeah. Well, I immediately since thought I of had you. babies, and it's been yeah. twenty years since yeah. I've had a baby. Well, you had a baby. Mm. Well, my wife had the baby actually, but I. But you could have a baby. I if could, you you could if I wanted. You, I'm, you, you know, wanted. men can yeah. of course men can have a baby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I immediately thought of you and your hoarding of baby formula when I heard mm-hmm. the White House uh, blame uh, parents for hoarding uh, baby formula. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I thought, gee, I, you know, huh, I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Let's blame the parents mm-hmm. of babies who are concerned about having baby formula. Let's blame them. And they've been trying to prepare. And make sure they had enough baby yeah. formula. Yeah. By the way, it's this amazing. is why you don't talk. I, I don't I don't keep food storage. I did. I used to as well. But I, I lost it. In a, you yeah. stopped it. Yeah, I lost, a, I mean, almost all of it mine. It fell in a, into the same uh, body of water that my guns fell in. Shut up. Me too. Really? I was planning wow. on fishing for a very long time, <laughs> yeah. like a year yeah. for my whole family. And then I loaded that on the boat. Mm-hmm. I knew that that was a great risk. People would want that. So I loaded all my guns on the boat and then I was just fishing. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold... You know, I uh, I got a fish and I started it started to tip the boat and everything went into the drink and it's lost forever. Wow. That's yeah. a very similar fishing trip to what I experienced. That's crazy. And they're gone. All of it. Well, That's I'm going to a lot of formula to be in. Yeah. You know, all the food, all the food storage, <laughs> baby formula, guns, guns, all in the same bottle all body of water. Gone. That's yeah. sad because the only reason I say this is because I also <laughs> Shut no. up. Yeah, I had no. I had a what, couple of, what are the odds? Same what are the odds? odds? Same body of water. Long. Same body huh. of water. Yeah. 
And yeah. when uh, I get home, I'm calling the sheriff to report it because I want to make sure they know. It was a if big, you remember. deep if I remember, body yeah. of water, too. I don't remember which one, but I know it was deep. And All I know, I it was know big. is mm. I, it was a lake or an ocean. Mine no. was in a lock. And th- mm-hmm. I will tell you that I have seen the photos of Nessie. Oh, and God. I don't know what she eats. Well, mm-hmm. you realize how she's that big because she keeps eating all the food storage at the bottom of the uh, at the bottom of the right. lake, and she can shoot mm-hmm. you with her eyes. Now, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Probably. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I just wouldn't go around or go looking in that lake. Mm-hmm. Well, Nessie just wants her privacy, be able to occasionally hey, man, pop brother. up and, and show her head, and and instead, no people are always spying on her and invading her private space so she's got weapons now you never want to violate private space unless the teacher says they can and let's just keep that between us okay (laughs) yeah that's then they can violate the private space (laughs) totally comfortable uh let me uh let me tell you i was um i was planning uh on taking three days to go over and look for all the stuff in the lake uh but then i realized um Hate-mongering America does not have this law yet. Uh, the Spanish government is now passing a law offering three days of menstrual leave. Uh, and so you can join wandering minstrels? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's Spain. You know, they have <laughs> yeah. those guys. Yeah. Um, so it's for anybody who experiences <laughs> severe period pain, otherwise known as, according to the article, uh, dysmenorrhea. Mm. Di- dis dysmenorrhea yeah yeah i don't want anything that ends in aria you know what i mean i'm even kind of worried about korea you know uh but uh we should probably not call it that i'm just i'm comfortable with uncomfortable cramps but uh now anybody who you know has uh painful cramps and men can get pregnant so Mm -hmm. ow 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 Oh, oh no. my gosh, these oh, cramps. No. And it's what's weird is they never happen on the weekend. Really? Yeah. Usually only weird. during the weekday. That is so really weird. I may be out for a few days. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You have them too, don't you? Oh, all the time. Let me ask you this. All the time. Did you see the um the memo from Netflix? Yeah. That's it was encouraging. This is right. This is really good. This is really good. Um, Netflix had a culture memo. Um, In a section called artistic expression that states it will not censor specific artists or voices, even if employees consider the content harmful. They said, if you find it hard to support our conduct, our content breadth, which is so wide, mm-hmm. I get those conservative mm-hmm. shows. Oh, all there's the almost time. too many of them. Too many. There's almost too, too many. many. It goes from all the yeah. way from ultra liberal mm-hmm. to socialist. Right. It does. You know, all the whole right. the whole spectrum. the whole spectrum. Yeah. And once in a while, just a deep, deep progressive. Oh, it's some we'll communism. <laughs> Some yeah, deep communism. Yeah. All right. So some fascism. It's good. It's good. Mixed stuff. In. Uh, Netflix may not be the best place for you if you don't support our breadth. Um, <laughs> the memo states that employees may re- uh, re- uh, may be required to work on projects that they perceive to be harmful. And if they have a hard time accepting their work assignment, they might want to consider working somewhere else. 
I honestly thought that's how all jobs worked. Yeah, I, me you too. Know, that's really too. what I believe. Yeah. And I, I kind of thought that's how it worked. Can like you, you imagine if Stu said to you and me, Pat, you got to change your show because what you're doing is harmful and I cannot work around it. Uh, <laughs> oh well oh well so, I just, okay so, see so who's got the problem here that's <laughs> yeah. not me not our problem right bye bye yeah yeah i i mean but if, that kind of changed it seemed seemed to change because disney's employees kind of forced them and forced their hand but this right? i really think this they say this is because of the dave Chappelle thing um and <laughs> that wasn't i mean that's not exactly that wasn't that that was just common sense that wasn't conservative that was just common yeah. sense. Well, he's not a conservative you know, by any just means. decency. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so I think that this is what they say th- this came out because of that. Mm. However, it's been several months, hasn't it, since that came out? Mm-hmm. Several months. Uh, mm-hmm. What's happened in between? Disney. Uh, what's yeah. happened in between? Spotify. Netflix getting canceled. Uh, their their mm-hmm. um, uh, subscriptions are way down. Their stock prices are way down. It's funny. When conservatives actually play the game that has been played on us for decades, mm. um, they respond. Isn't that weird? What are we learning yeah. here? Yeah. What are we learning? Their stock price mm-hmm. goes down. They start losing money. And all of a sudden, they're like, you know what? <laughs> we're, we're, we're not as inclusive as we thought we were. The Spotify mm-hmm. one is particularly, I think, a good, and this was not really, I don't think, conservatives stepping up. But the, the, the Spotify one was an interesting example because it just showed that you can survive it. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't come out yeah. and say, cause they didn't even stop talking out about issues. They just said, you know, no, no. we're just going to do what we're doing. And now, and part of this, I think, is because they're very disconnected to U.S. politics. This is a, yeah. this is a European company and they weren't as involved in our back and forth over that stuff and Correct. they just sort of said yeah no we'll just we'll just we yeah, know they don't have half of their employees that you know had worked for the obama administration mm-hmm. yeah only a know. third only uh so, <laughs> but it's interesting because they just kind of didn't do anything you know they they did criticize they came yeah, out and yeah, said yeah. they pulled off episodes they I mean they weren't perfect by any means but they just didn't over there's no there's they, a change they didn't overreact there is a change nice. that is happening mm-hmm. i don't know if you saw this blackrock who is esg central because uh, of ramaswamy's new um hedge fund, fund yeah uh that he is introducing which is against esgs um blackrock uh, voted for fewer climate shareholder provisions. Uh, they said, you know, it might be in our assessment. Um, maybe we shouldn't micromanage companies uh, quite so tightly. Really, really, mm. really. Wow. Now I don't believe it from BlackRock at yeah, all. That's hard, that is hard. Um, to but uh, they're at least saying I mean, these things now. They're, the tide but, is changing. <clears throat> we are winning. And when you have a revolutionary with no hope of re-election and they're in power i warn you that's when they feel cornered and they become extraordinarily dangerous you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program Bill O'Reilly, congratulations on your uh, number one status. Uh, You deserve it. Killing the killers. 
Thank you. It is on the New York Times uh, list as number one, and that's not easy to do, as everybody knows. Um, I got the uh, I got the word on Thursday. I was in Manhattan, uh, and I immediately went to St. Patrick's Cathedral, where my parents were married, and I said a prayer. I, I mean, even though this is the 18th time I've been number one with the books, um, it's still to me almost a magical occurrence that that happens. We put a lot of hard work in these books. There's no doubt we do. And they're good and they're interesting to read and you learn a lot. But I don't take this for granted, Beck. I mean, it's not like I take uh, being on with Beck on Friday for granted either. But this more so. The yeah, number one thing is... You're, you're, you know, our relationship on air is, uh, is fun. Uh, but you wrote a very nice letter when you found out you were... Very humble, which I th- I really thought Makeda had written the email uh, because you're very <laughs> humble. And, and it was really nice um, to hear. And I was so ha- I'm so happy for the success. But look, people, are, they don't understand how hard this is to do. Number one. Uh, and when I get a guy like you who's got millions of listeners and he says he likes the book and people know that you barely read any books, that yeah. it means a lot. Yeah. And, and it's no, true. I, I know. And uh Thank you for using me. Anyway, uh, so, Bill, what is the number one story uh, this week in your your Uh, The total collapse. You know, I I want to advance this story now, the Biden story. So it's beyond any kind of debate. If, If you in your life have a person who still thinks that Joe Biden is doing a good job as president, then you might want to reevaluate that relationship. Because it, it's a delusional relationship. You're not dealing with a person who's got a grasp on reality. So when a, a wholesale uh, price index comes in at 11.3, and nobody knows what that is, but it's, it's what all of the vendors that you use, your grocery store, your 7-Eleven, your Subway sandwich shop, whatever it may be, those are the wholesale vendors. When they're paying 11.3% more for their product, guess who's going to have to pay that uh, yeah. down the road? Right. Okay, guess. Maybe that's us. So it's not explained. The media doesn't explain this. They're embarrassed now. The media is just embarrassed because they were all behind Biden. They were in a tank for Biden. They never warned any about Biden. Beck and I did. I remember those conversations in in the fall of 2020 with you. Uh, We both said, you may not like Trump, and there are many good reasons not to like him. But if you put this guy in, we're all going to suffer. And it's exactly what has happened. So now we have to advance the story. Because people, if you don't earn a lot of money, if you are a service worker, if you are in a union, Okay, your salary isn't going up in correspondence with the prices. So therefore, your lifestyle is going down. We all understand this. So, Bill, you know, we're we're sitting here um, today. I, I just don't think there is any doubt. We've gone from America first, which the left and the media thought was just so horrible. We have literally gone to America last. And I I said the people who are designing the policies for Biden, it is clear they hate 
America. They hate America. Yeah, I know this is circulating around on the Internet that that Biden, in conjunction with Obama, are trying to tank the country. I, I don't I'm not even including him. I don't think he's in, in, that important, in my opinion. OK, I, it is the people who are there. writing whoever it is that are designing these policies. No, you no, cannot no, no, no. be with this wrong this much. Yes, you can. Oh, you can. OK, so. On the right-wing websites, the conservative, you know, the real hardcore right, they basically say this is intentional to, to tank the economy so that socialism rises up and the progressive left gets what they want. We whip out all traditions in America. We whip out the capitalist system so they're doing it on purpose. Yeah. I don't think that's happening. What I think is happening is James Buchanan is back. All right. So the White House is supposed to be haunted on the second floor. That's the residences, <laughs> all right? And all the past presidents are supposed to be floating around in apparitions, all right? So I write today in my message today on BillOReilly.com that Joe Biden should summon James Buchanan. Who was James Buchanan? Nobody knows because that would require history teachers to actually teach, and that's, of course, not happening in America. 15th president of the United States, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, lifelong bachelor. Many people feel that he was gay. Uh, That's probably true. All right. That's his social problem. Gets elected president after the immortal Pierce, Franklin Pierce, who was drunk pretty much every day he was in a White House, Franklin Pierce. A lot of wine flowing. So Pierce goes out. Buchanan comes in. Buchanan then allows the South to loot and steal all the federal armories, to take all the guns. Buchanan does nothing. Seven states secede in his four years. Basically say, blank you, James Buchanan. We're leaving because we like slavery, and that's what we're doing. So then Buchanan leaves after doing nothing back Nothing for four years, allowing chaos to reign. Lincoln comes in, Civil War, worst debacle in American history, um, hundreds of thousands dead and maimed, and it's all on James Buchanan. And then he goes back to Pennsylvania and says, oh, it wasn't my fault. That's Biden. That's so Biden. when you say he did nothing, that was the the last part of Obama's term. What what Joe Biden is or his administration is doing is not nothing. They are. I mean, look, we are depleting our strategic oil reserves, sending the oil over to Europe putting us into a very dangerous situation. They are canceling another oil uh, auction for for really oil rich property. While we have the highest gas prices, uh, we have baby food shortages and they're just blaming it on the kids while there are pallets of baby food down at the border, which are required by law. If you're going to have people, you have to make sure you can take care of the infants. And that's right. But why are they selectively doing that law when they have an open border policy? They're killing us every single way, every way possible. Number one, those kids are eating too much, Beck. We got to cut back on that nutrition to those yeah. kids. All right, they're lucky they got out of the womb. After Biden, he wouldn't have any. He doesn't want any limitations on. They were they're lucky they got here. What are they whining about baby formula now? Is that what we're hearing? Look, 
Biden gets in there. He doesn't know what he's doing. Would you and Stu agree with that? He definitely uh, does not know what he's doing. I okay. don't think he he's not competent. Cannot, yeah, he's he not competent. Administrate. Yes. Yes. He can't do it. People come to Biden. They walk into the Oval Office and they say, hey, let's cancel the pipeline because it's bad for climate change. And Biden says, OK. Then they come in and they say, let's not enforce border law because that's mean to the migrants. And Biden goes, OK. Then they say, hey, um, under Trump, inflation was just 1.4 percent, and Trump had to deal with the COVID shutdown completely. Now, under you, it's 11 percent, but let's blame COVID. And he goes, okay, this is a man who cannot yeah, think but what in I'm, the office. I agree with that, but... I'm talking about the people who are coming into the office. All right, but they're he's not, not all make morons. A personnel decision. Yes. He's not going to say, "Hey, Larry, you're an idiot," and the last seven things you've told me to do have been horrible for the country. People don't understand what the word incapacitated means. He can't make decisions. On he anything. is whether he knows it or not. He is overseeing a group of people that are in a death cult. What they are doing is causing. I mean, look, just look at the border. We have now the the CDC's national vital statistics from uh, 2021. There were 107,622 Americans between 18 and 49 that died from fentanyl. Okay, that's the largest number of Americans who have died from drug overdoses ever and an increase of about 15 percent in increase from 2020, an increase of 50 percent from 2019. Now, you've got those numbers. Now, let's look at uh, what happened with covid same time period, 18 to 49 in 2021. So I'm giving it at the height. 1849, one year, there were only 41,000 deaths. And we shut down everything. Everything. We are killing our 18 to 49-year-old adults, and they don't give a flying crap. Okay, that's all true. But do you think Joe Biden has a sheet of paper with those stats in front of him and he's actually thinking about how to solve? No, but I do think no, but I do think the people who are making policy, for instance, the safe smoking kits with the free crack pipe, somebody put that together. Then somebody hid it. Saki, somebody made the decision to hide it. And now we do know that, yes, five cities got free crack pipes. Listen, you can do this all day long. You can, you can, every policy, everyone that the federal government has dealt with in the last 16 months has failed. So you might think that there'd be some firings, right? Maybe some new blood come in. No. Because Biden doesn't know the difference between success and failure. See, people, when I say this, they don't believe me. They don't believe me. No, I think I I think we have a president who cannot think. I know he is incapable of thinking. But you 
you might think that you and I disagree. We don't. On that no, part, I, I, we're I understand in. That. We're in lockstep. Is these incompetent people around him doing these crazy things? We're tr- right, yes, <laughs> we're- yes, but nobody's going to replace them. All right, because that would have to come from Biden. Yeah, and he doesn't know what they're doing. Doesn't care particularly what they're doing. Wants to go to Delaware and have some Jello. That's where he is. And also spend some of his Chinese money. The best of the Glenn Beck program. I have to tell you, um, the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp thing. They deserve each other, quite honestly. I mean, I, I know very little about it, except there was poop in a shoe or poop in the it was bed. On a bed, yeah. Maybe the shoe was on the bed. I thought it was... The shoe uh, may have been on the bed. There may have been poop in the bed and poop in a shoe. I'm not really sure. I don't really care. Um, it is fascinating to watch this thing play out, though, uh, because most Americans, you know, not the smarter Americans... Um, just care so deeply about Johnny Depp or Amber Heard or blah, blah, blah. Well, I read the first article that I cared about uh, from Azra Nomani, who is a uh, frequent guest on this program, good friend of the program. She wrote it in The Federalist. How the Washington Post and ACLU helped Amber Heard attack Johnny Depp. Listen to this because it's amazing. Um, Azra is on with us now. Hi, Azra. How are you? Oh, good. How are you? You can hear me. Um Clinking away while I warm some water so I can I don't cough through the oh, interview. Yes. Well, thank you for thank you for being <laughs> on with me. Absolutely. Um, what a great article. Can you lay this oh out? Gosh. Because I don't think most oh people God. even know any of this. Yeah. Important, and I'm glad that you you know are had a full disclosure that you don't care. You know, on the celebrity. I don't. Front. I don't. Yeah, that's fine. That's absolutely cool. And but the thing is. This is so important as a window into money, politics, and Hollywood. Okay, right. That's what's so critical here. So what we have playing out is, this, is our two celebrities, right, with mm-hmm. a, a, a terrible relationship, both of them, um, you know, unhealthy. Yeah, deeply broken, uh, both. D- deeply broken, exactly. And so, you know, our humanity has to extend to all people. Sure. Well, then what we have is... Um, a nonprofit, a quote unquote nonprofit, right? The ACLU, 501c3, multi million dollar organization, right? That has lost its way, according to even an Atlantic article mm-hmm. last week, taking advantage of this story and catapulting then Amber Heard to become their poster girl for women's rights. Okay, so now they did this. Didn't she um, say that she was giving, I think, $3 million to the ACLU from the divorce settlement, right? Yes. And she only gave like 500 grand, and then others started to pay for her. But Yeah. So what I did is, so to back up a little bit, right? I, as you are, like we've written op-eds, right? Mm -hmm. We know how they are written. We know how they are placed. We know how... They are promoted. So what I did is I just analyzed how it is that Amber Heard's op-ed appeared in the Washington Post. 
and I broke it down into six phases. And the first phase was establishing her credibility because, you know, at the end of every op-ed, you have two lines that are in italics, and they establish who the person is and why they are a subject matter expert, right? So what happened is that Amber Heard, her italics says that she is now, you know, working as this ACLU women's rights advocate. Well, it was a classic pay-to-play operation where she said that she was going to donate her $7 million of divorce settlement, you know, in this altruistic act to the ACLU and a children's hospital in L.A. But indeed, just as you just said, she only donated a very small portion. And then the court testimony reveals that, in fact, Johnny Depp paid $100,000 directly to the ACLU because he's like, why have a middleman, you know, in this operation mm-hmm. if she's going to be so altruistic? And then who does she end up also having donate? She had none other than her next boyfriend, Elon Musk. And, and so that's the first phase. She established her credibility, and the ACLU established her credibility. But behind the scenes was this classic pay-to-play. And explain what happened there. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so they've established her as an ambassador for women's rights. And now they have... Um, this is, I'm going to take people back to the fall of 2018. It's a long time ago, but just think about, we have President Trump, okay, in office. So think about that. He's been in office a couple of years now. We have just had, um, you know, Betsy DeVos named mm-hmm. early on in the administration. Yep. And we have this little thing called Title IX. And that was a very controversial issue. It's supposed to have given women equal rights in schools, right? But what happened is that through politics, it ended up becoming a hit job, which is a term that you're going to hear again, on men oftentimes on college campuses where they were not given due process. Right. And so are you gonna, you're going to hear a theme here now because... What they did is in um, November 2018, a communications staffer for the ACLU sends a pitch to Amber Heard's PR person and says, hey, wouldn't it be great if Amber Heard wrote an op-ed? And Title IX was one of the issues that this um, communication staffer said. And let me, let me actually quote yeah. that memo. I, yeah, I'd like please, your, your please. and Amber's thoughts on doing an op-ed in which she discusses the way in which survivors of gender-based violence have been made less safe under the Trump administration and how people can take action. If she feels comfortable, she can interweave her personal story saying how painful it is as a gender-based uh, violence survivor to witness these setbacks. Yes. Okay. So it's it, the, the, so you and I know as writers, and, and I'll give folks context, that I taught writing the reported op-ed at Georgetown University to students so I've been writing op-eds myself for 20 years, and I taught it. And one of the first things that I always taught students, as you know too, Glenn, is give people a personal connection. Correct. That's exactly what they did. And I didn't study my rhetoric, but later in life I learned pathos, ethos, logos, right? 
So you have to have logic, you have to have rationality, and you have to have the personal story. And that's what they then grabbed for okay. Amber Heard to amplify. So I've got about three minutes to finish this oh story. But so, so the, the writer, the ACLU writes back, tried to gather your fire and your rage and really yeah. interesting analysis and shape that into an op-ed form. Um, uh, I hope it sounds true to you. Your lawyers should review this for the way I skirted around talking about your marriage. So she didn't even she didn't write it. It was presented to her. Yes. And And then the rest of the story. It's so important is the ACLU communication staff pitched it to Michael Larrabee, op ed editor at The Washington Post. He should have known better. They should have known better. And they are complicit in this hit job on Johnny Depp. And this is not just about celebrity, but this is about the abuse of power by a nonprofit organization and a journalism operation. A complete breach of ethics. There's no transparency in who wrote this piece. And if any one of my students had presented an assignment written by another student, they would have failed, right? Right. And so they owe um, Johnny Depp an apology, their readers an apology, and they they should just retract the op-ed. But it's an important critical window into how it is that um, these special interest groups place their uh, quote subject matter experts in there to push their own talking points. Ezra Namani, thank you so much. Um, oh my gosh, thank you, you Glenn. Bet. The uh, the Washington Post did publish this in their opinion section under the headline Amber Heard. I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath, and that has to change. Na, 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 na.